1: Hello everybody, it's Lenny Murphy. Welcome to another edition of the Green Book Podcast. We sure appreciate you taking the time to share some of your day with us as we share some really cool things with you. And on that note, guest today is Nick Baum. He is the co-founder and CEO of Tremendous. Welcome, Nick.
2: Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Uh, well,
1: we'll see if that if you feel that way afterwards, but I appreciate the optimism going in, so. Go easy on me, please. I don't know, man, we're talking about an important topic here. So and actually, let's let you lead that in. So tell us a little bit about your background and about Tremendous, and then I'm going to explain to the audience why this is a darn important topic from my perspective. So please go ahead.
2: Yeah. So I grew up in the Bay Area and went across the country as far as I could go to college, went to school in New Hampshire, where I met my co-founder of the business. And uh, I had a brief mistake, a three-year mistake of working in finance. I'm reformed now. I tailed it back to the West Coast and started uh, what eventually became tremendous. Um, But we first started as a peer-to-peer gifting product called Gift Rocket. Okay, so I can
1: jump to some conclusions on how you got to uh, to tremendous. But why don't you go ahead and, and talk a little bit more about that process, more specifically on how that peer-to-peer gifting platform, without going deep into the story, merged
2: into Tremendous, what Tremendous does today. Yeah, sure. So my college friend Koppel and I started Gift Rocket in 2010, and we didn't know what business we wanted to start at that time. We started a business for literally the worst reason, you can start one, which is you wanna start a business. And eventually we threw out enough ideas where one seemed really, really compelling. There seemed to be this need in the marketplace for a good online gifting solution where you could send gifts to your friends and relatives for merchants, for essentially gift cards, even if a merchant did not offer a gift card themselves. That was a problem that we were facing. We were trying to send gifts, again, to friends and relatives to merchants that didn't offer gift cards online. So that's the problem that we were trying to solve. And we were lucky enough to get into a startup accelerator, Y Combinator, with just this idea. We approached them with no product, no traction, no revenue, nothing like that. And somehow they said yes to us. So that gave us the kickstart that we needed to get going. And then we actually recruited one of my best friends from growing up who had previously worked at Facebook. He was an early engineer there who actually implemented the like button. So the three of us set off on a mission to help solve the problem of how do you send a gift card? to a merchant that doesn't offer one themselves online. So that's what Gift Rocket was. Okay? And
1: we'll come back to kind of the intervening component. Tremendous today is primarily an incentive solutions provider, certainly in the in the inside space but also in others. Now that's an oversimplification. So I want you to tell us a little more about what makes Tremendous unique and then for our listeners I'm going to dive in a little bit more into why this is important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll answer the question in two ways. First, how our market research clients know Tremendous and then answer a little bit more broadly. So Tremendous makes it super, super easy to incentivize recipients. We have a ton of options for recipients to choose from dozens and dozens of gift cards, Visa prepaid cards, PayPal, Venmo, ACH, charity donations. So there's been a proliferation of payment options over the past decade. And we've basically put them all in one platform to give your recipients an option that works for them, no matter whether they're in the US, international, banked, unbanked, you don't have to think about it. If you need to pay someone, we're gonna make that super, super easy for the recipient to get something they want. But also for you, if you're sending out thousands of payouts per year, you need some way to track and manage that entire process. So we built the simplest, in our humble opinion, the simplest way to send and track and manage incentives. But more broadly, Tremendous is a way just to pay individuals. We work with clients far outside market research. We've worked with governments that are incentivizing their constituents to get vaccinated. We've worked with furniture companies who are issuing refunds on their products. We've worked with banks that are giving rebates on closing costs. So the use cases are super, super broad. What we eventually realized is that Tremendous is just a great way to make one-off payouts to recipients. So we started with a lot of incentives and rewards use cases. Market research is really, really core to what we do. But we've expanded from there as we've seen broader use of the product itself to many, many different verticals. Virtually every single company has multiple different use cases for a product like Tremendous, that's fantastic. And so, when I think of Tremendous and your
1: peers in this space, fundamentally, you're fintech companies, and I think that escapes the a lot of people. You are payment processors, right? You are facilitating this this payment processing component through third party products, I guess. In, in how I think about it, and you know, fintech is a critical industry globally period, end of story. And as you mentioned, uh, particularly when you mentioned the unbanked, you know, if we look at emerging markets, we look at millennial and Gen Z, we look at those populations, you know, their needs are very different than, uh, let's say, mine as an old geezer, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm overbanked. You know? <laughs> I, have, I have lots of mechanisms for transferring money, et cetera, et cetera, but there are so many people who do not. So, so that's one piece of Well, let me just make, let me, there's a question. When you think about the core of your business, does that resonate with you? Do you think of yourselves, yeah, we we are a FinTech company. We are just focusing on this very specific issue that we are solving with kind of the core of simplified FinTech technology.
2: I think you've really nailed it there. And this space has evolved over time. If you look back maybe 10, 20 years at some of the initial players in the prepaid space, we're talking about Incom, Blackhawk, they started by distributing gift cards into retail stores, uh, groceries, 7 etc. et cetera. That's how gift cards gained a huge amount of popularity. And they slowly got into the tech world. But their solution was really simplified in the sense that it's an API, or you can download these, I don't know, 10, 20-digit codes that if you plug into Amazon, they work. But that was basically the entire product. But that doesn't directly solve... A business need of how do i incentivize this recipient there's a jump a leap that you need in that product which i think gets to your point about more broadly how is this a fintech solution to pay people so that's where we see you know the modern set of platforms that have come into existence over the past year We're really trying to more directly solve the business needs that folks like market research companies are encountering. How do I track and manage these thousands and thousands of incentive distributions? So there has been that change, and we've gotten basically from these uh, in common Blackhawk providing the bare bones infrastructure to what I'll call rewards and incentives providers. And we're trying to go one step further, and we actually call ourselves a payouts platform because we're not just gift cards, we're not just prepaid cards, we're trying to solve broadly, how do you do one-off payouts? And so we've added a ton of new features to accommodate thousands of new types of customers.
1: So that, that's very cool. My perspective has been for a long time. And those who have listened to multiple podcasts, especially recently, or read any of the blog or, you know, any of my, my pontificating, this won't come as a surprise. I think that research fundamentally is based upon our ability to engage with consumers effectively. And we suck at it, <laughs> quite, you know, quite bluntly. And particularly when it comes to incentives. Now, you know, from a, a, a ivory tower perspective, you know, I absolutely get an embrace that, that not providing incentives may provide unbiased sample, et cetera, et cetera. That's not the world we live in from a commercial standpoint. The world has changed fundamentally. And the idea, we need to think like marketers. And that means that we need to reward people. Now that reward could be financial, it could be social, it could be just fun, entertainment. All those things are viable reward options, but we must reward people. We must give them the I mean, truly the definition of incentive, a reason to talk to us besides the goodness of their heart. And focusing on just kind of cash, that's low hanging fruit, it's easy to think about that, but that definition has changed. It has changed so much over the past few years. Of what is uh, what is true compensation? Right? The introduction of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and of course the you know ease of Venmo and all of those things. Right? It's not just virtual visas, and those may be ubiquitous, but they're not particularly relevant to uh, in some populations. There is a company, and I forget the name of it now. This escapes me, but it's a few years ago in Africa that was basically turning unused mobile minutes into currency and they became basically a bank and a lot of the african countries got really pissed off and were like no, no 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 no, we can't do this because they were creating an alternative currency through mobile minutes and that was the medium of exchange for folks and there were some companies that were utilizing that for research purposes that was the reward for participation i think this company started out in nigeria yeah, and that was just a great example that this idea of, of rewards, of incentives, of payouts, it's vital to the industry, to the research industry. It is foundational, I would argue, to our ability to effectively engage populations. It impacts the quality of the data that we receive. It impacts the level of engagement that we have with panelists, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, this is at the core, and we have to think in a very flexible, dynamic real time way because the nature of what people expect is changing their priorities changing we've had discussions even inside greenbook about some of our younger employees asking about being paid in bitcoin for their salaries and i think those types of ideas are are important in companies like yours like tremendous it's cool to hear that at least from what i can tell that you're embracing that idea and are trying to stay abreast of, of delivering to consumers what they want on their terms versus what we think
2: their terms should be. Does that, is that fair enough? I think that's completely right. You have respondents who are giving their precious time, their thoughts, their effort, and in response, they should be given something that's valuable to them. right? So I think it's all about forming that relationship uh, having a fair deal. And I think the way that ultimately you can best create that fair deal is by giving your recipients that optionality. As you pointed out, you have folks that are looking for perhaps cryptocurrency now, but you want to be make, make sure that you're providing something that's of meaningful value to your respondent, so that you can build that hopefully that long term relationship and that they can continue providing value to your firm. All
1: right, so let's play off that for another minute. And this actually may be a good segue into talking about the transition from, uh, from Gift Rocket to Tremendous. Uh, so many of our listeners know that I've, I've also tinkered in a variety of startups and, uh, and one of those, Veraglyph, which is a personal data management platform that has panel applications. That That's not particularly relevant to this. But earlier in the development of that idea, we were playing with the idea of creating a rewards locker, a rewards wallet that became a liquid currency itself that people could exchange. So so it had some of that idea that gift rocket component of yeah, I mean let's let's build something up that allows people I want to store my my incentive from participating in this focus group or this panel or whatever the case may be, right? And and becomes this wallet and it was secured with a token and but then we would unlock that liquidity and allow people to share it or do whatever the heck they wanted to with it just as if it was a bank account now it was interesting what we heard from many of the panels early on was well you can't do that because we make so much off the breakage of these and if you unhook the reward from our specific platform then that will be a threat to our business both from a revenue standpoint and from a relationship building perspective and I accept that as true. I'm not judging that. I I get it. I totally get it. But I also think it's really short-sighted. And, you know, we must get to a place where we give people choice in all things and in all ways as best as we can. So this concept of choice, of giving people control over the kind of who, what, how, and why of their rewards and creating real value in that and unlocking liquidity was that part of the original idea of gift rocket or
2: or not funny enough it kind of was we looked at gift cards and how they worked and it didn't make a ton of sense to us basically a gift card is a way of giving someone money but it's more restrictive you have to spend it at this one location which of course creates what's called breakage in industry parlance where money doesn't get used You have to go to this restaurant that maybe you like, maybe you don't like. If you don't like it, maybe you give it to your Aunt Sal. Who knows, right? And so we tried to address that problem directly, which is, well, one, we want to create that same great experience where you're generating this nice sentiment of, I thought of you, I thought of this place. I think you'd really enjoy going there. That's fantastic. But on the back end of that, the actual functionality of a gift card is worse than just handing someone a $100 bill, right? So that's what Gift Rocket tried to solve. And it gave recipients the choice of how to receive the funds. They could get it to their bank account, they could get it to PayPal. We added other gift cards, made it super simple, but still had the presentation and the recommendation of where recipients recipient should spend the money. So we tried to capture the thought, but add the flexibility. That's what Gift Rocket was, still is. Still is, so Gift Rocket is still a business, it carries on its merry way, and it is the same corporate entity as Tremendous, and our entire team is almost exclusively focused on Tremendous. But Gift Rocket still exists, and uh, I use it for the holidays and weddings myself.
1: Okay, all right, good to know. Very cool. So then, let's play on that. Then, what what brought you to Tremendous? What was that awareness that boy, it's hard to break this cycle. Uh, And we got to work within the system
2: uh, in a different way to unlock this choice or what brought you there? Yeah, so uh, let's let's rewind in time here. Let's go back more than a decade. So with Gift Rocket, we did something that startups aren't supposed to do. We became profitable very quickly, but we didn't know how to really grow the business. We had one user acquisition channel. We couldn't ramp it up that much more. And so all the founders decided, hey, let's continue operating this minimally. We'll put someone in charge of it, but it's going to go into maintenance mode. So we ended up actually buying out our investors because it didn't financially make sense for them to stay involved. And so we doubled their money. Everyone was happy. Founders did different things. I started a real estate tech company. I had another founder join me in that. The other founder uh, became a venture capitalist himself. So we were doing our own things. But eventually, I ended up coming back to the business because we saw an opportunity where corporations were using Gift Rocket, our consumer platform, for their business needs in ways that we did not expect at all. So SoulCycle was using Gift Rocket for employee recognition. We had Nike sending survey incentives using Gift Rocket. And I wish I could say that there was some grand vision behind Starting Tremendous, but we really just followed the scent. We realized, if hey, if they're willing to use this dinky consumer platform to solve their needs, there's a real market need here. And hell, we can build something way, way better than what they're currently using.
1: Okay, very cool. That's following the scent. That's a story of my life, man. I would love to say <laughs> the uh, I have some grand plans. Uh, it, it's, it's like... I, I just stumble from thing to thing, so, and, and sometimes get lucky. Uh, as long as you have your eyes open. That's right. It's very far as Gumpian. <laughs> okay, so you, you looked around and said, whoa, wait a minute, there's another opportunity here. Now, that said, there is still, at least in my opinion, a lot of work to be done to create that original vision of, of a liquid market right, of using rewards uh, and incentives as a universal currency type that folks can bank and utilize in a variety of ways. Are you thinking or building something along those lines? Is that, what do you think of that? Or is that, no, that's not our lane. We'll let, uh, let other folks deal with that.
2: Uh, so point of clarification, are you referring to the ability to essentially kind of reassign, you know, I'm a recipient, I get some, you know, I fill out some survey, I get some incentive, I can repurpose that, send it to someone else. If you could provide a little bit more context on the idea, that might be helpful answering the question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, this is, uh, this may just be Lenny's insanity, Nick. So um, (laughs) I would argue that fundamentally any type of reward rather than being held captive by a specific card or a specific retailer or whatever the case may be, It is currency and if it is currency then we should be able to to save bank and exchange that currency because the dollar value you know it's almost like a stable coin right you know it's Mm -hmm. it it is it's pegged it's it's pegged to a defined dollar value so i personally would love to see something like that happen where because if if i do something and i get a ten dollar gift card i give it to my kids right right? There's no, right. It, it holds no real, real value for me, uh, in that standpoint. But if I was accruing a hundred dollars and $10 gift cards periodically, uh, okay. You know, especially nowadays, well, hell that's tank of gas. So, okay, right, that's, that's meaningful, right? It has some, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a little more uh, impactful or even more, you know, one of my grown kids, uh, calls his dad, can you give me a hundred bucks? <laughs> like, Oh, well, I'm sitting on this account that I have accrued these various rewards for these various activities. Sure. Here, I'm just going to send to you from that. So is that type of concept something that you think that there's an opportunity
2: for or the challenge is creating the liquidity. And there are many options that actually provide that liquidity that you're referring to. For example, if a recipient gets money to their PayPal account or, takes it to Venmo or ACH, then of course, they're operating in the fiat system that we're all familiar with. And I think you're addressing perhaps gift cards, Visa prepaid cards. Some of those are more liquid than others. Ultimately, what's most important, in my opinion, is giving the recipient that choice where they can get an option that they're actually going to use. I don't think, especially the people that are participating in surveys They're doing this very clearly, very oftentimes, for that reward or incentive itself. So they're aware of what options they'll be receiving in the end, and they can decide whether to participate or not based on the set of options that will be available to them. That makes sense. And even as we're we're
1: talking and brainstorming here, I'm pulling back a little bit from my own little uh, brainstorm of, well fundamentally, if you're giving people choice, then they're redeeming based upon what they want at the time. And how much more value does it add to be able to, to accrue or bank those, you know, maybe not anything. So we won't, we won't play with that point anymore. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the flip side of this, right? Because many would argue that incentives provoke fraud. And let's own that, right? If there's money to be made, people are going to find a way to create fraud. So it happens in advertising to the tune of billions of dollars, right? Of click fraud and click farms that are built to participate in that that click fraud. So we know that it occurs. That's the way it is. Is there anything that tremendous is doing to kind of help your clients manage through that to potentially identify, hey, you know what? It looks like we've seen this same same redemption, that's the IP address linked to you know somebody redeeming. We've seen them 10 times in the past week. You know, maybe they're you know, fraudulent. Uh, so is, is there anything along those lines that you can do to help with managing that?
2: Yeah, fraud is a big issue generally in all of fintech. And for our clients, we do a few things. One is track IPs, device IDs, that's available for through our platform for our clients to look at. But we also have our own transaction monitoring system. We have to comply with, There's a lot of regulation in this industry. We're tracking if any significant aggregate amount of money goes to one individual. So that can be, for example, over $10,000 to an individual in one day. That gets flagged by our system. We'll have to investigate it, report it to our banking partners, for example. So yes, this is something that we monitor and is a very unfortunate part of uh, the industry itself. so you're adopting
1: basic KYC Standards internally within this as well. And that makes sense. I haven't th- thought of it in that specific term before. So that's great. Any thoughts on what to do to mitigate against it?
2: I don't think there's any silver bullet, but there are a lot of strategies that have been pretty effective. And essentially, you look for anomalies in the redemption data that exists. Again, aggregation by IPs, by device IDs, by payout choice, if too much money is going to any one PayPal address, it's simply looking at, hey, where is the money going, Being uh, using algorithms to track it, and in some cases, doing a manual review if necessary.
1: All right. So I want to be conscientious of your time and time for our listeners. You have uh, done some of your own primary research on this topic as well. So anything that has popped out from that that, that you'd like to share and think that would be compelling for our listeners
2: to hear about? I'll highlight two really interesting things. One is international incentives. That has been growing super, super quickly. And 30% of the respondents of market research firms that we surveyed conduct research in over 10 countries and 20% do it in five to 10 countries. And 74% of firms doing international intend to increase their budget for international the next year. Kind of in line with increased spending and increased budgets is how the average incentive has changed over time. So right now, it costs the average amount for a one hour long interview is just shy of $100, 95 bucks. And the median is $75. But that's actually quite a bit higher than it was just two years ago. It's increased by about 18%. 70% of respondents said that they had increased their incentive amounts over the past two years, which, of course, makes sense if you're considering inflation, just the goal of recruiting high-quality participates, and COVID itself. Okay, that's cool. It's
1: good to know that the industry is keeping up with inflation. <laughs> also, living increases. Do uh, you have similar data on more of the survey uh, realm? Because I, I, I would... Love to be wrong in my assumption that we are not keeping up with cost of living increases and, and macroeconomic drivers, and that we're not paying consumers more from a, a incentive standpoint.
2: So prove me wrong, Nick. Whew. I don't. I don't have that detailed data there as far as <laughs> how it compares to the CPI, unfortunately.
1: All right. Well, you know, then maybe there's some other opportunities for some uh, some research. Years ago, exactly. we, we, did a, we, we tried it a couple of times. We did the uh, Green Book Consumer Participation in Research Study. And we were trying to understand more from the consumer perspective, the drivers of participation. We ran it a couple of years, didn't seem to really take off, so we mothballed it. But maybe there's uh, maybe there's an opportunity to resurrect it in some form or fashion, because uh, it was some interesting stuff. All right, so Nick, what's on the horizon for 2022? What's new for you as you look forward to uh, the, the remainder of this year and into the next
2: year? Tremendous has, as we talked about, a very unusual history. We have not raised VC. We've been a small team. I think we were about 10, maybe two years ago. We're 50 right now. We're all remote. And so much that's changing for us is growing our team. So by the end of the year, we anticipate being about 80. So for us, we're really looking forward to expanding the organization, which ultimately helps all of our clients. So we're gonna be able to support new use cases, add new payout options, build new features for tracking and management. So hopefully our clients are gonna see a huge, huge change of improvements over the course of the next year as we scale up our team and make improvements to our product and services. Very cool, that is exciting. And all without raising capital, so
1: purely organic. Purely organic, the old-fashioned way. Man, that hat's off to you, buddy. That is a great story, especially right now when capital markets are, are constricting, right? So if you had said, oh, we're about to go for a Series A, uh, I would have been a little scared for you. But like, oh, hell no, we're doing this on our own. That's great.
2: That's Thank happy. you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's definitely a, a different path than most of our our friends in that old Y Combinator batch took. Uh, they took a lot of money. It was boom or bust for many of them, and we've been slow instead. Well, you know, we had the maintenance mode period, so I wouldn't. That wasn't even slow. That was very just steady, I would say. And uh, yeah, it's been an unusual path, but it's really worked for us. And uh, I think one common mistake that entrepreneurs make is not very seriously considering whether raising money is appropriate for their own business. And for us, we think we made the right decision. This isn't always the right decision for every company, but it's really, really an important question that entrepreneurs should ask themselves because in the news, you see a company raised hundred million dollars. It seems like the thing to do, but it's not always the best outcome for the founders or the company itself. So I would encourage anyone who's starting a company to think very critically about it at the outset.
1: Sage wisdom. And I would echo that. Yeah, that that we could talk for another hour or so just on that. We'll, we'll have to come back and, uh, and do that. So actually I would, I would love for our producers to hear, I think, bringing back a panel discussion with Nick and some other folks on the entrepreneur's journey, especially as it relates to fundraising would be a pretty darn cool topic because. Yeah, there's a lot of horror stories out there on either side, right? You know, we, we didn't raise in time, so we starved the business. We raised too much and we, you know, totally lost our value and, and mission. Uh, so anyway, whole other idea. All right. So what do you wish
2: that I'd asked that I didn't? I think you did a great job. I don't have any more questions. You, you, this is You're fantastic at it. <laughs> well, I wasn't looking for the validation, but I'll take it. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> all right,
1: fair enough. Uh, you heard it here first, guys. I am fantastic. Uh, my ego is so fragile that uh, uh, it's great for, to have evidence that someone else has said that, not just me saying that about myself. Um, <laughs> so occasionally I will play these for my wife when people say things like that, just so you know, she'll know. She just, it doesn't change her perspective at all. She's like, yeah, whatever.
2: But well, Lenny, and- I knew there was a purpose to this. I'm glad
1: I could come on and provide that. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So where can uh,
2: our listeners reach you? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm link- on LinkedIn or Nick at Tremendous dot com. I'm also on Twitter and bound five. I think I'm not on there too much, but if you want to add to my follower account, we can bring it up to like 15 or so. So I'd appreciate it. Uh, and then TikTok and bound five. There are no videos there, but feel free to get on there, too.
1: <laughs> I've never been on uh, on TikTok because no one has ever mentioned you
2: should follow me on TikTok. Now I'm curious. So. No one should actually follow me on TikTok. They'll be severely disappointed, just a waste of their time.
1: Um, well, that's kind of my view on TikTok to begin with. So I guess uh, it would probably just meet my expectations one way or the other. So, <laughs> All right. Um, Nick, the, this has been great. Thank you. And I do w- would like to have you come back and have this, this broader conversation because your story really is fascinating. And I want to highlight that for our listeners as well of perseverance, of pivoting, right? As companies, you know, concepts change and, and looking for opportunity. And sometimes just a little bit of serendipity, right? Being at the right place at the right time with a solution like, oh, I can do this. Uh, and I think that's a powerful testament. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. A pleasure. Thank you. All right. So I want to also give a shout out to our producer, Karen Lynch, to Natalie, who's also about to assume some of those duties our editor James Carlisle, our listeners, most important of all, because without you, there'd be no reason to even do this. And uh, our sponsors, the entire Green Book team. That's it for today. Again, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to spend it with us. And until the next time, this is Lenny Murphy, wishing you a great day. Bye-bye.